1: Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations.
0: Well, good morning everyone in the United States, in Canada, around the world. I know in certain parts of the world it's not the morning. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today we are going to talk about the removal of sin and Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur means the Day of Atonement in English, and in Hebrew is Yom Kippur. But before I do that, uh, I know I've been talking about world news, and I would take about 15 minutes, <laughs> maybe 20 minutes to talk about it. I'm going to shorten it to about five minutes, incredibly. All right? And I'm just going to just tell you certain things. You look these things up yourself. Uh, you can go to watch.org to get a detailed and specific um highlight of what's going on in the Middle East, watch.org, and also the org or .com. You can look there and see what's going on domestically. But as I'm speaking right now, we are bombing uh, Syria. And I wanted to go over this in this program, but uh, it, probably in the future program, I'll go over Isaiah chapter 17. If you take a look at that, It it doesn't bode well for uh, what's going on right now. Uh, Keep in mind that the United States has never—I was taking a look uh, in my uh, history uh, references and so forth, reference books to see when did the United States ever attack Syria, and I have not found a case where they've done it uh, in the 19th century, the 20th century, and of course the 21st century until now. And Britain and and some of the other Western nations are are asking or they are volunteering their assistance in bombing Syria right now. So take a good look at Isaiah chapter 17. Uh, Perhaps I will go over that next week, and maybe I'll add a little more time for the program next week to to go over that. And then one more thing I want to bring up is that there was a, a horrifying death in Oklahoma yesterday uh it was by a, a person who was distraught because he got fired from his job. Uh it was later found out that he was a Muslim and he went and cut this woman's head off uh and he I think he killed someone else before someone killed him and he was trying to convert people to Islam. So that's that's something to consider. Alright, so that's that's it for world events today. We're gonna get into the Bible study about uh Young Kapoor. Now, Yom Kippur means the Day of Atonement, and Jews have uh, kept this day by fasting. And I, I, um, I'm i a little disturbed by certain false teachings in, in the Messianic movement right now about the fact that you don't fast on the Day of Atonement. So I, I want to prove that you do fast on the Day of Atonement, first of all. um. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter twenty-three. Leviticus chapter twenty-three. I have to address this because whenever I see something like that, I'm just going to have to just address it scripturally. Uh, Leviticus chapter twenty-three, and starting in verse twenty-seven, states, "Also on the tenth day of the seventh month." Uh, it is the seventh month now because uh, Yom Terer, uh is today, based on the biblical calendar. Also, on the tenth day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation or assembly unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, reading in the King James Version. 28, and you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the master, your Elohim. Verse 29, For whatsoever so it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among the people. And whatsoever so it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And then in verse 32, It shall be unto you a Shabbat of rest, and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at evening. Ninth day of the month at evening means the tenth day, because the day starts in the evening. From even unto evening, you shall celebrate your Shabbat. All right. Some people say, well, afflicting your souls doesn't mean that you fast. All right, well, let's turn to Zechariah 8, verse 19. Now, keep in mind, this is the seventh month, the tenth day. All right, so this is a simple way to prove that you do fast on the Day of Atonement scripturally. Alright, so let's go to uh, Zechariah chapter 8 starting in verse 19. Says the Master of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth month and the fast of the seventh month and the fast of the tenth month shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Now, Let me go back to where it says the fast of the seventh month. Now, there's only one fast of the seventh month that I know of. (laughs) And that is the one that was described here. Uh, The fast of the seventh month, uh, I'm going to use John Gill's commentary. He's a Hebrew scholar. It's a free commentary. I suggest you get it free online through uh, eSort. You can get eSort, too online as well. Anyway, where he says here, in the fast of the seventh month, the month Tishri, which began, or is today, begins today, which answered to September, on the third of this month, a fast was kept on account of the murder of Gedaliah. See, Zechariah 7 verse 5, and on the tenth day of the same was the day of atonement, which was the grand fast. Now, so this is, without a doubt, talking about, on the tenth day of the seventh month it is to fast it is a fast jews have done this traditionally and it's it's without doubt for those who understand their bibles that the day of atonement is a fast day ladies and gentlemen Uh, you can go to judaism 101 and read about how jews have traditionally kept yom kippur it's by fasting And he states here, I'm reading from Judaism 101, Yom Kippur is probably the most important holiday of the Jewish year. Many Jews do not observe any other Jewish custom will refrain from work, fast, or attend synagogue services on this day. Yom Kippur occurs on the 10th day of Tishri. The holiday is instituted in Leviticus 23, verse 26. The name Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement, and that pretty much explains what the holiday is. It is a day set aside to afflict the soul to atone for the sins of the past year. All right, so you can read this if you want on Judaism 101. But Yeshua or Jesus—that's uh, his English name—but his Hebrew name is um, Yeshua. Actually, if you want to be more accurate, his English name is Joshua. Anyway, that's another Bible study. But anyway, he stated that salvation is of the Jews for a good reason because most of the most of the things that the Jews do is correct scripturally. Now, I do admit, some of the things, as he stated, be careful the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees in Matthew chapter 16. uh, Some of the teachings aren't. But we use the Bible, and we use particularly the teachings of the greatest Jew who ever lived, to screen out which uh, doctrine we should accept and which doctrine we shouldn't accept from the Jews. All right, so, always remember that. Now, in reference to Afflicting your soul. Does the Bible associate afflicting your soul with fasting? Yes, it does. Let's turn to Ezra 8. Ezra 8. Ezra 8. Verse 21. Ezra 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for our substance. So that's from Ezra, the scribe, the holy scribe of of Yah. And he is associating fasting with afflicting your soul. Also, Isaiah. Let's turn to the prophet Isaiah and what he has to say about it. Isaiah chapter 8. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed grow free, and that ye break every yoke? And then in verse 10, verse 10, it states, And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, and so is associating being hungry with being afflicted. Now, Above this in verse five it says, Is it such a fast that I've chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul. Again, that verse is associating Gil chapter eight verse twenty not Ezekiel. Ezra eight verse twenty one. Ezra eight verse twenty one and Isaiah fifty eight verse five and ten are all associating affliction with not having food or fasting. Because when you're hungry you know, <laughs> you're somewhat fasting you are hungry you need food and you need water you need food okay so now here's another scripture of proof this is in the uh, in the Brit here in the uh, New Testament uh let's turn to Acts chapter 27 Acts chapter 27 verse 9 and it states plainly now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already past now that word fast in the king james version uh I'm sorry in the strong's concordance you look at it means nastia it means abstinence specifically the fast of the day of atonement and so that's that's the what the word is in the greek if you look in the scriptures version it actually it doesn't have it in the scriptures version but in the complete jewish bible version uh mr david stern has the following as his translation: Since much time has been lost and continuing the voyage was risky because it was already past Yom Kippur, Shaul advised them. All right, so that's that's evidence here that that's what it's talking about. And Gill again, John Gill is a he was a Hebrew scholar, and this is what he says about this verse says, the Syriac version reads, the fast of the Jews. This was the Day of Atonement, which was the grand fast of the Jews, on which day they afflicted their souls. So that's enough proof, to me anyway, that the Day of Atonement is a fast, and you have these teachings going around again on the Internet. And there's nothing wrong with listening to these teachings, folks, But you need to do your Berean responsibility. You need to <laughs> get your concordance out, like I did, And look up the phrase affliction. And then also you need this tool called the Word Study Dictionary. The Word Study Dictionary is like the Strong's Concordance, but it's like on steroids, because what it does, it takes one word and and gives you all the other scriptures to support that word. And so you need the proper tools to be able to test individuals like me or other people that claim to be Torah teachers to make sure they're teaching correctly. All right, so... uh, We'll do a program on that in the future to show you how to do that. But Anyway, scripturally, fasting is going without food and water for 24 hours. Uh, do we have scriptural proof of that? Yes, we do. It actually, it can be more for 24 hours. It can be for three days. Uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 19. And I know, I know the Jews traditionally, they have minor fasts for, for 12 hours, and then also if you're working and if you need to fast, it would probably be advised to just do it for 12 hours if you it depends on the type of job that you have too but certainly on the day of atonement you should fast for 24 hours uh Esther chapter 4 verse 16 go assemble all the Jews to be found in Shushan and have them fast for me neither eating nor drinking for 3 days night and day also I and the girls attending me will fast the same way then I will go into the king which is against the, the tor or, or his law not the Torah, but <laughs> against the law of the king, and if I perish, I perish. All right, so, and that's a good attitude that uh, Esther had, by the way. That's going to be a future Bible study. But anyway, I want you to notice something. Go assemble all the Jews to be sound in Shushan and have them fast for me, neither eating nor drinking for three days, night and day. So that tells you basically what you do when you fast. Uh, and But here's another admonition the by the master himself in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 16 and 18, now did the master fast? Yes, he did, and he expects us to fast too. (laughs) So in Matthew 6, verse 16, he states the following. I'm reading this in the complete Jewish Bible version. Now when you fast, don't go around looking miserable like the hypocrites. They make sour faces so that people will know they are fasting. Yes, I tell you, they have their reward already. So this is our Lord's instruction on how to fast, so let's listen up. It applies the Day of Atonement. It applies the other days. It's not the Day of Atonement because I'm telling you right now, folks, if you don't fast, it's going to be very difficult for you to make it. In God's uh, kingdom. I'm just telling you the honest truth. You you're gonna to have to fast. When you fast, it it really well, I'm gonna to read to you. Well, in Isaiah chapter fifty eight it goes into detail what fasting really does if you do it the right way. I'll read that after I read Matthew chapter six, verse sixteen to eighteen here. It says, Now when you fast Don't go around looking miserable like the hypocrites. They make sour faces so that the people will know they are fasting. Yes, I tell you, they have their reward already. But you, when you fast, wash your face and groom yourself so that no one will know you are fasting except your Father who is with you in secret. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, of course, in the Day of Atonement, everyone is aware that you have to fast. But he's talking about other days outside of that. But I'm reading this to you so that you can understand that the Lord expects us to fast certainly on a Day of Atonement, and other days as well. All right. To Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. And starting in verse 6, he says, It's not this to fast I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness. So that's what fasting does. It, it looses the bands of wickedness, so that you can get rid of sin, which, uh, of course, the removal of sin is a part of what this Bible study is about today, right? We're going to get into that here in a moment. To undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When, th- when thou seest the naked, that you cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh, your own family, or or your own um, brethren your spiritual brethren and Messiah. In verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. And then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer thee. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away the midst of thee, the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if you draw out Thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul. Again, uh, being hungry or fasting is being associated with being afflicted. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And then verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a water garden, like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. All right, so this is an amazing amazing uh, description of what fasting can do for you if you are willing to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I know from experience that uh, if I didn't fast, I would be in bad shape right now spiritually. <laughs> so so we, we need to fast, and we need to continue to to seek Yah, and one of the greatest ways we can do that is by fasting, ladies and gentlemen. After all, Yeshua fasted often, and he fasted uh, 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for that spiritual battle with Hasatana, the devil. And so, of course, most of us can't fast for 40 days and 40 days without food and water, but we should fast the best way we can, all right? Okay, so let's understand Yom Kippur, what it means. It has great significance, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want one verse that really summarizes the work of the Messiah, is found in John chapter 1, verse 29. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 29. It states, the next day, Yohanan, or John, sees Yeshua, or Jesus, coming unto him, saying, Behold, the Lamb of Yah, which take away the sin of the world. That's his purpose, is to take or eliminate sin from the world. And that's what Yom Kippur is all about, ladies and gentlemen. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, and you know that he was manifested, who was manifested? The Messiah, to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. And then in verse 4, if you want to know what sin is, it says, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. All right? And then also there's another explanation that I don't think most people uh, reflect on too much, but... Uh in James chapter four verse seventeen, Yaakov, Yaakov, James four verse seventeen, he says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Alright, those are two simple definitions of what sin is. Alright. So we know the Messiah came to take away the sin or sins from the world. Now Hebrews chapter two Hebrews chapter two verse fourteen states the following. It states uh for that, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Another reason why he came is to destroy the devil, because the devil is sin. Sin originated from him. And because of him coming, we are able to receive the Ruach Halkadish, the Holy Spirit, and he states the following here. He says, My little children, these things write out unto you that you sin not, I know that's incredible, but John here, or Johannan is telling us that we should not sin. <laughs> He's encouraging us not to sin. And so when people tell me, well, uh, you mean to tell me it's possible for us not to sin? Yes, it is. The Scriptures say so. And it says "And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous. Verse 2, he is the propitiation or the covering. That's what Yom Kippur represents, the covering. What was his covering? The blood that he shed for us. For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. So you have to keep his commandments and know him. Verse 4, he that says, I know him, and keep him not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. What's truth? Psalm 119, verse 142, the entire Torah, the instructions of Yah. Verse 5, but whosoever keep his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Whoever keeps his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. In verse 6, he that says he abides in him ought himself ought to walk even as he walked. All right, in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 9, starting in verse 11 to 14, it states the following. But Messiah, being made a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Is talking about the holy of holies. He went into the holy of holies, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Immortality, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh, that's all the sacrifices did, ladies and gentlemen, on the physical plane. If this purified the flesh. Verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, to purge our conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. His blood is supposed to purge our mind from doing dead works. Also, incredibly, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, It says, For the Torah, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually, make the commerce thereunto perfect. That's the goal. He wants to make each and every one of us perfect. In Matthew 5, verse 48, he says, Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect, Hebraically, means complete. Verse 2, For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. He doesn't want you even remembering the sin. Verse 3, but in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again of sins made every year. So the blood of Christ not only takes away the sin, but also it takes away the remembrance of sin. Remember that. Now, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 first corinthians chapter fifteen starting at verse twenty one states the following for since by man came death by man also the resurrection of the dead verse twenty two of first corinthians chapter fifteen for as in adam all die even in messiah shall all be made alive verse twenty three but every man in his own order christ the first truth afterward they that are the messiahs at his coming verse twenty four then comes the end when she when he has when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to Yah, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. Verse 25, for he, the Messiah, must reign till he put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, causes sin. And he came to destroy death, and that's what Yom Kippur is really all about, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 27, for he... Have put all things under his feet, but when he says all things are put under him, it is manifest that he's accepted, which did put all things under him. Verse 28, meaning that the Father is not put under the subjection of the Son. This is the opposite way. The Son is in subjection of, to the Father. Verse 28, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that Yah may be all in all, the atonement. Everyone will be one with Yah. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about, ultimately. God wants to dwell with each and every one of us. But for him to do that, he needs to cleanse our minds of sin and the remembrance of sin, ladies and gentlemen. He needs to do that, and he will do that. He will do that. You can count on it. All right program will be about watching, how to watch, based on Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. And then the traditional Torah readings, um, I suggest you, you study them. Uh, I didn't go over Le- Leviticus chapter 16, uh, verse 1 to 34. Uh, perhaps I'll do that next week, but you go ahead and study that. In Numbers chapter 29, verse 7 to 11, I will briefly talk about the lesson of uh, the Torah reading starting next week or the lessons we should learn. And then also the Hattara or the prophet section is uh, Isaiah chapter 57, verse 14 to 58, verse 14. All right, so I'm going to be um, signing off here. And I hope you enjoyed this new format. It's just 30 minutes. And uh, you can look at my blog. hismercifulletters.com Uh You can also get on my newsletter by going to my website, mercifulserviceofgod.com. Put your information in the drop-down box to subscribe to the newsletter. Shalom, peace, and, y'all willing, I'll be available to speak to you next week.
1: Malachi Chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble.